0: Friends, my name is Sean King, and I'm the experienced pastor here at Friends Church Orange. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today for our message, and we pray that you will really hear God's voice through our speaker today. If there's any way that we can serve you, please connect with us through our website. We hope that you consider joining our community in the future. Please enjoy the message. almost Christmas, you guys. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're not quite, but pretty close. Uh, And as Kevin said, um, I don't listen to any of his messages, so it's great. I'm glad that... (laughs) He listens to some of mine, which is great, but that's not true, Kev. I love you. Um, I do also love soccer, so it was a dur- you know kind of hard to be here this morning. I was, I was like, oh, the World Cup's going on, but it's over now, and I won't spoil anything if you haven't watched it. So, anyways, we're going to move on uh, today. As they said, my name Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, one of the things that I often try to do on stage, I want to be like self, you know, disclosing about myself, tell you some things about myself. So today, I just want you to let you know that I'm a relatively trusting person. So. Not to say that you should take advantage of me at all, but I'm a relatively trusting person. And sometimes that's really great. Like that works out really well in my life. And sometimes not so much, it kind of bites me in the butt. And there was a time, there's actually many, 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 many times that I could tell you about, but there's one time where I, um, any iPhone users out there? Anybody, iPhone people? Okay, some of you? Uh, any non-iPhone people out there? Okay, if you don't use an iPhone, I'm just going to tell you there's a chance I won't text you back because I like to text on my computer, and I, I can't text you, and those green bubbles just get me, so sorry if you never hear back from me because of that. Uh, but I like my iPhones, and so I, was, I, didn't, I didn't have the upgrade plan at this time, but it was like I needed a new phone. It was time, and so what I did is I bought a new phone, and I knew that I was going to have to sell my old phone, and the best place to sell an iPhone, I kind of figured out that time, was eBay because eBay is where you sell use things, so I was like, it's in great condition. I can get great price for it. So I priced the whole thing out. I looked at it all and I put it up for auction and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and then people are bidding. And finally somebody bids and like wins the bid. And their name was like user, new user, 2017, 123 A, B, C, D, whatever. And I was like, okay, it doesn't matter to me. They're in New Jersey. I'm going to send them a, a phone. It's going to be great. So as soon as they said, I was like, I need this money because I already got my old phone. I, money's gone out and I need money to come in. So I boxed it up. I had like the original packaging. I had it in like pristine condition. I like kept it in a case. So I put it all in there put my everything in there. And I like, I took it to the UPS store immediately. I was like, yes, I made the sale. Take it to the UPS store, send it overseas to, not overseas, all the way to New Jersey, practically overseas to the other side of the country. And as it's going, I'm like, yes, it's in the mail. I'm going to get my money. This is going to be great. Three days go by and I'm like looking at my thing and I'm like, I haven't got my money yet. And I go onto eBay and I don't know if you guys know anything about eBay, but you don't have to pay right away. Once the sales, it's like, you have to wait for the sale. You know, usually what is supposed to happen, dummy me, You're supposed to wait to get paid before you send something to somebody else on the other side of the country to a PO box by new user 2017 ABCD. Zero reviews, zero stars, zero purchases. This was like a total fake. They literally were like, we're gonna get some sucker by buying something that we're not actually going to pay for. And I fell for it. I sent them my phone. And then, so by three days in, I'm like, the phone is like in, I don't know where it is. It's on a plane somewhere. It's almost there. So I'm calling UPS. I'm like, guys, anything I can do, like, can I get my phone back? Like, this is going to, I'm not, I'm not going to get paid. Because as soon as they get that phone, they're not paying me. As much as I want to believe the best in people, those people were not going to pay me. Like, I guarantee it. And so I was like, can I get it back in any way? And so finally I get a hold of like the local UPS, like the local uh USPS store like in New Jersey. They were like, oh yeah, this is going to a PO box. We've had a lot of these things coming through. Like, oh, this is sketchy. I'm like, can you please not deliver it? Just hold on to it. And they're like, well, we don't usually do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, like this is, this is an iPhone, you know? Like this is a lot of money. And they were like, uh. finally they said, okay, fine. We'll hold on to your phone. They didn't deliver it, which like, whew. got my phone back. I was able to resell it on eBay again, but you know what I learned? Get paid first. Before you ever send in to anybody, like, I want to trust and believe that people are good, it may or may not happen, so I learned my lesson, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice though, shame on me again, you know, I should know these things, like the first time I should have known, I should have known the second time, but I found that those are the moments where you start to see, you know what, as much as I would love to believe that like people are good and kind and everything's wonderful, especially at this time of year, right, it's Christmas, like goodwill towards men, it just doesn't work like that that's not life like people take advantage of you they they use you there's scammers out there how many phone calls a day are you like scam like potential spam like i just like so many times people sending me emails i'm like i don't think you're really who you say you are you know like and i'm just trying to like weed through all that stuff and those are the those are the external kind of bigger ones but we know it's not just out there in the world it's it's also closer It's closer in your own circles where you've been taken advantage of before, or you've been used before, or someone has has taken your goodwill towards them and used it against you in some way. We've all in some way lost trust with other people because that's the way the world works. And that's the way people sometimes are, unfortunately. And the thing is here at church today, I'm not naive to the fact that it's not just out in the world out there. It's not just like, yeah, outside of this building. It's in these walls as well where people abuse us. They take advantage of us. Maybe it's people sitting next to you or around you that you're like, ah, I feel like I've been betrayed by this person or I've been hurt by this person. Right? Maybe it's people in your small group, it's people that are sitting around you. There have been moments like that, and I'm not naive to that fact because people are people, no matter where you go. I wish that wasn't the case here. I wish at church it was like, we're safe here, guys, like nothing's ever gonna happen to you. But it's just not the case. Because people are people, and, and people are petty sometimes. Sometimes they're arrogant, they're dismissive, they're petulant, they can be manipulative. Sometimes they can be even abusive. People can hurt us, and people have hurt us, and people have probably, in some ways, broken your trust because my trust has been broken by people or they've broken my trust. I've, I've seen it lost in them, and sometimes I've actually done the same to others where it, they trusted me and I let them down in some way. There's this, this give and take, right? It's like we hurt people, people hurt us. Like it just feels like the way the world works, and I just I don't like that. I wish that wasn't the case, Because if that wasn't the case, ultimately, like if we all sat down in like a group therapy session right now and every single one of us talked about our our feelings and stuff, I think we'd see a common thread that most of us, what we really want is to trust people. What we really want is to be able to be taken care of by somebody else and to just give ourselves fully and be like, I don't have to worry about what's going to come back at me. If I give this back, is it going to come back at me in a different way? We want to be able to trust. We want to be able to lean in a little bit more. We want to be able to say, you know what, guys? Like, it's okay. Like, let's just come as we are and everything's fine. But unfortunately, that's not always the case because sometimes, you know, we, we screw it up. And so what that does is it it makes us go inwards. We isolate. We say, you know what? I'm going to start making promises to myself. I'm never going to let that person hurt me again like that. Or I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I send an iPhone across the country and they don't pay me. Never going to happen again. Or I'm I'm not going to go over there anymore. Or I tried that with that person. That didn't work. So now I don't think I can trust anybody in that way. We make promises to ourselves and say, we will never be taken advantage of again, even at church. Because I know, I know some of your stories, some of your history. It's like, I've experienced some of that. I felt that. I've been through some of it also myself. And unfortunately, it puts us in this category to say, okay, well, if that's true, then what do we do with this? Because I feel like I'm painting a very bleak reality around, like, well, you just can't trust anyone, you guys. And ultimately, I think we're going to, we've been talking about this phrase the past couple of weeks, but what if the answer to what do we do with that, what if it's different than you thought, but it was actually more than you could hope for? What if the answer was different? Instead of saying, don't trust anyone and and take care of only yourself, what if the answer was different than that? But that is more, more than you could even hope for or imagine. And we're going to be looking at that today as we look at, God's word and see, bad leaders, bad actors, bad shepherds, bad people in our lives they've been around for a long time for like forever, even among God's flock. And so, today, we're going to be looking at a passage where God directly associates and talks and engages with those bad shepherds and condemns them, and then he provides a different solution to the age old problem of broken trust through broken people and broken leaders. So, we're going to be in Ezekiel. So, if you guys have your Bibles, grab Ezekiel 34. Uh, and through this series, we've been looking at the promised one, the one who has been promised to us as we've been looking back into the past of history and prophecy to look at what does the Bible have to say about Jesus and Christmas? And so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the promised one. He came and he dwelt among us. He lived with us better than we could have ever hoped or imagined, not just God around us, but God with us in our, in our own person. Last week, we looked at God as the light. He says, I will send the light. I am the light of the world, not just for you, but for the world. So, we looked at how Jesus is the light of the world, and today we're going to see how Jesus is the promised shepherd. So, we're going to be looking at this theme of shepherds and sheep today. So, as we open up to Ezekiel, Ezekiel's in the Old Testament towards the end, and historically, Ezekiel is written right towards the end uh, of of, um, Israel and Jerusalem as it gets sacked right before they go into 400 years of silence before the New Testament starts. So, it kind of puts us in that category. Uh, Ezekiel's a prophet. He receives visions from God that he then gives directly to his people. And the big major theme of Ezekiel is judgment, judgment of Israel, and then judgment of Israel's leaders. And so we see his judgment come to fruition during the whole book of Ezekiel. The beginning, they're not in exile. Everything's going great. And Ezekiel's saying, guys, God's judgment is coming. Hey, God's judgment is coming. God's judgment is coming. It finally does. And in chapter 33, the chapter right before we're going to be into, we see that finally Jerusalem falls and the Israelites are scattered. So God's judgment has finally come on the Israelites. But 34, chapter 34, where we're going to be today, after we look at that, God's judgment is not just for the Israelites, it's also for their leaders, which is what we're going to be looking at. So Ezekiel 34, verse one, we're going to start there. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to you shepherds of Israel When God uses the phrase shepherd here, he's not just saying actual shepherds who went out and scattered sheep. He's talking about the kings of Israel. He's saying, you guys were given a flock, my people, Israel, and you screwed it up royally. No pun intended, pun intended. You guys are the kings and you screwed this up. And my judgment is now coming on you. And so just to recap really fast what those bad kings did, let's just look at this this list. First, the bad kings, they took care of themselves. The bad shepherds of Israel, they took care of themselves. They said, we're going to put us first, not the sheep first, us first. So they took care of themselves. Secondly, they took advantage of the sheep. They took advantage of the sheep. They said, we're going to use your stuff. We're going to use your wool. We're going to use your milk. We're going to use everything. And then we're just going to put you to the side. We're going to slaughter you and get rid of you. They took advantage of the sheep. They refused to care for the sheep. When sheep were hurting and lost, the people of Israel needed shepherds and doctors. They refused care. They said, no. And then lastly, they ruled harshly. There was no justice in Israel. They ruled their people harshly. They said, it's all about us, and so whatever's best for us is what is gonna happen without any care to the sheep. And the result of all of this, of them taking care of themselves, taking advantage of the sheep, refusing to care, ruling harshly, the result then is that the sheep were scattered. They were left wandering with no one to seek them out. And as i read that list, can we go back to that list again, Ryan? As you look at this list, have you ever experienced this in your life? Where people you were trusting, people that you were like, you were supposed to take care of us. You were supposed to to help us. You were supposed to help rehabilitate us. And yet you took only care of yourself. You took advantage of us in some way. I'm willing to bet today, a lot of you are here saying, I've had that happen. Maybe it wasn't a church, maybe it was somewhere else, but we've all experienced this in some way that people have taken advantage of us. They've used us. We haven't gotten justice from people. Man, how many of us are like, life's just not fair sometimes, right? People aren't fair. The people that were supposed to do what they promised me, they haven't followed through. And the thing is, God, he knows, he sees. He knows about these shepherds. And he actually says to the Israelites, and he says, I'm gonna do something about it. So 10 verses, um, verse 10, five, five verses later, he says this about them. This is what the sovereign Lord says for these shepherds. I am against the shepherds and I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the sheeps can no longer feed themselves. Shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouth and it will no longer be food for them. God tells the Israelites, I will remove the bad shepherds. I will take the bad shepherds away. But then if we see if God's gonna do that, then there is no shepherd for Israel. And the Israelites now in Exodus and in, in, in exile, what are they going to do? But the very next verse God says, but I have a different solution. I'm going to take away those bad shepherds, but I have something even better for you. So verse 11, he says this, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and I will look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. And by the way, as I'm reading this, just notice how many times God says, I. In this, Okay, I will bring them out of the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a the good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. God is the good shepherd. And he says to his sheep, I will take care of you. All these other shepherds that you've seen, all of these other shepherds that have been bad to you, they are no longer going to shepherd you. It is I, the Lord himself. And what better shepherd for the Israelites to have than God himself. And what I love in this passage, again, it's a lot of scripture, but I wanna just highlight the, the things that God says he is going to do, the good shepherd, what he's gonna do versus what the bad shepherds do. So let's look at this, bad shepherds versus good shepherds. Again, the bad shepherds, they scattered the sheep, but the good shepherd will rescue and resettle his sheep. He will go after the lost. He will put them in new lands. He will give them good grazing. He will take care of them. Secondly, the bad shepherds, they took advantage of the sheep, but the good shepherd will resource his sheep. He will give them good things. I love how Jesus talks about his father in heaven. He says, my father in heaven will give good gifts to those who love him. He will give good things. He's going to resource you in some way. Third, the bad shepherds, they refuse to care for sheep, but the good shepherd will rehabilitate his sheep. I like that phrase, rehabilitate, because it says he will see the needs, he will bind up the needs, the brokenness, and then he will return you to fullness of health. He will rehabilitate his sheep. And lastly, the, the bad shepherds, they ruled harshly. There was no justice with the bad shepherds, but with the good shepherd, he will rule with justice. He will give his sheep what they deserve and what they need because he is good. He is a good shepherd. And the Israelites—they wouldn't have been completely unaware of this analogy of sheep and shepherds, because in Psalms, just a few um, books before, as David was writing, King David, he wrote this in Psalms 103. He says, "Now that the Lord is God, know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. God loves His sheep, and God does not want to see His sheep taken advantage of. And in fact, when He does, He says there will be justice eventually." for my sheep, for my people. And what we can know is that not not only does he see the Israelites, he sees us, he sees you. Because you're his sheep too. And he's gonna take care of you. He doesn't want to see us taken advantage of. And so the promise that he's given to the Israelites is that I will be your shepherd, which is a promise now that we can take to say, God is our shepherd. We did a whole series this past summer on Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want such a beautiful analogy of how God provides and takes care of us. But as we think about it, we think, well, that's great, but God is far away. God is like up there. How does God being the shepherd up there help me right now, right where I am? And I can imagine the Israelites as they're in exile will say, that's great, but we're literally in exile right now. What are you going to do about it, good shepherd? And in chapter 20, uh, verse 23 of chapter 34, he gives them the answer. How? How are you going to help? He says, I will place over them One shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. God says, I'm going to give them not just myself, but I'm going to give myself in person to them through David. But if you know anything about the the timeline here, David lived like a few hundred years before this is happening in Ezekiel. So how can David, the old king of Israel, become the new king, the new shepherd of the Israelites? Well, we gotta think, okay, that's not actually possible for him to be dead and here. So we're actually gonna read this as, this is not just him saying David, but somebody is like David, one who's in the likeness of David, one from the house and the line of David who will eventually rule one day. Does that ring a bell with any of you? Any guesses who that might be? Jesus. It's Jesus. We always say that in church. It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one like David that will come, who will eventually rule like a good shepherd. He's saying he's going to come today. He's going to be this good shepherd. And remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the house of David was going to be established forever. Kyle talked about this, how the house wasn't just a physical building. It was a lineage. It was a line of royalty Forever. And the way that that was going to happen was through Jesus. And so as as God is saying to the Israelites, hey, I'm going to send my servant David again. He's not saying actually David. He's going to say one even better than David. The best king you ever had, I will send somebody even better to you. And in Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6, we see this prophecy about him. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. He's not just a human king, but he is the Lord, which means he is God. Both God and man come together to rule his people with justice. That's what we're celebrating in Christmas is that God says, I will eventually send you a good shepherd, a good king. His name is Jesus. And when he comes on the scene, you can know that the good shepherd is here, that the good shepherd provides for you. He will take care of you. He's not just far away, but he's near to them. And I love this. So going back to verse 24 again, he says this about his his good shepherd, David. He says, the Lord will be their God and my servant David will be prince, this is really key here, among them. I, the Lord have spoken, among them. And when I think of that word among them, I think of the word Emmanuel, which means God, with us. God who dwells with us. My servant David will be among them, meaning he will come down and be with them. He's not going to reign from up here. He's not going to be the shepherd from far away. He is near and present right now. That is the good shepherd who is close to us. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. God now with us, the good shepherd now here with us. And when Jesus came, he knew these prophecies. He knew what God had said about his anointed one, And he actually speaks about himself in this phrase as a shepherd in John 10, one of my favorite passages of scripture. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. And just a few verses later, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep, they know me. Here, Jesus, I believe is referencing Ezekiel. He knows what Ezekiel had said about the good shepherd coming. He says, I am the good shepherd. You see, the Israelites wanted a king But they're going to get a shepherd, who's going to be better than any king they could have ever had. Who will also reign, but reign as one who loves and cares, because all their other shepherds they've failed. Because we can know this for sure: that even good shepherds, they will fail. But the good shepherd will never fail. Even good shepherds will fail. But the good shepherd is never going to fail. I want to take a moment and pause here because we've been talking about shepherds and sheep and Israel and whatnot, but I just want us to realize something. So as I say, God is your shepherd, what does that mean about you? You are your sheep. Man, don't you love being called a sheep? I came across a phrase a couple years ago. It's apparently been around for a long time, but it's a phrase I hadn't heard until recently, but it's sheeple. You guys heard this phrase, anybody? It's not a nice phrase, by the way. So if you call someone sheeple, don't ever just say like, hey, sheeple. Like, no, it's not a nice thing. It's, it's really people who are docile or compliant, people who are easily influenced, maybe people who are likened to sheep. And I'm standing here on stage saying, you guys are a bunch of sheep right now. So don't take me, I'm not calling you sheeple, but we've heard, heard this phrase as people who just go with the flow, who do whatever they're supposed to do. Like, wake up people, wake up sheeple. Come on, you're just following. You're gonna go off the cliff. You don't even know where you're, you're not even thinking for yourselves. Think for yourselves. That's what it means. If you're a sheeple, you're not thinking for yourself. You're not being autonomous or independent. You're just following where someone tells you to go. And you know what's crazy is that I've heard people on completely different sides of things call each other the same word. But not, neither of us are listening to what, we're doing whatever we're being told to do. And in our day and age, being called a sheep is not a great thing because we wanna be in charge. We wanna be in control because if I'm being called a sheep, that means somebody else is leading and I'm following and I'm not a follower, I'll tell you what. I ain't no follower, I, I, I wanna lead. But every single one of us, according to God's word, we are sheep and not in a mindless, we just we're just zombies, we go wherever we're told. We're sheep in the sense that we need to be cared for. In our day and age, we've disregarded the care of one another because we think it's so much more important to know what we're doing or to be self-confident or like show that we can do it. But really God's like, you can't do it on your own. Clearly, that's why you guys are sheep. See, we don't necessarily want another shepherd. We want a completely different system. We're like, no, 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 Can we change the system so that instead of being a sheep, I could be the leader this time or I can be in charge of my own own world? That's kind of what I want. That's where I want to go. But God has a completely different answer, right? Remember, different than what we thought, but more than we could hope for. Because again, going back to where we were, deep down, we want to be cared for. We want to be loved. We want to be seen. Wouldn't it be great to just let it all go sometimes and just have somebody else take care of you? Gosh, that would be nice. And I think what God is saying here, he's not giving us a new system solution so that we get to be in charge. He's saying, I'm giving you a heart solution so that we can trust the one who is in charge. I love how Ian Duggett says it. He says it this way. God's solution to a history of bad shepherds is not to replace shepherding with a better system, but to replace the bad shepherds with a good shepherd. See, that's the problem. Most systems break down when leaders who are in certain positions break down. And because leaders are human, there will always be breakdowns in systems. We don't need a new system. We need a new leader. We need a new shepherd. And that's what we have received in Jesus. Do you need a new system? Or do you need a new shepherd? Another of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 9, 36. It talks about how Jesus sees his people. It says, when he saw the crowds, the people who gathered around him, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And when I read that, I just think to myself, that's how God sees me. He sees me as someone who's beat up, who's taken advantage of, there's wolves all around. I'm harassed, I'm helpless. I'm like a sheep without a shepherd. But then he says, don't worry, I am your shepherd. I am already with you right now. And Jesus, the good shepherd, he's not like those bad shepherds because he operates out of compassion, out of unconditional love, out of mercy and grace. And he sees you. He sees you right now and he knows what you've gone through. He knows what's hurt you. He knows how badly you've been beaten up, how bad you've been hurt, and he knows how you've been taken advantage of. And he says, I am with you right now. Through Christmas, this idea of Emmanuel, God now with us, the good shepherd is now here amongst us. And to reiterate what we've already said, what God's saying through Ezekiel is that even good shepherds, they will fail, but the good shepherd never will. We've all been failed in some way, but the good shepherd will never fail us. That's the promise of Christmas. And so what does this mean for us today? How do you need a good shepherd that never fails? Cause I know for each one of us, it's different, but I wanna go back to that list of what the good shepherd does. And I wanna talk about each of these things. The first, again, to remind you is that the good shepherd, he will resource his sheep. He will resource you. Jesus talks about he will give you good gifts. And today, you're probably sitting here thinking, well, I could use a few more resources, Good Shepherd. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Because it'd be nice to have more. It'd be nice to have just enough to take care of myself. Maybe you're desperate today for a miracle. You're just like, "I I need something. Can the Good Shepherd come through in a big way for you? Bring it to him. That's the invitation today, is only bring it to the Good Shepherd. See what he might have for you. Maybe it's different than what you thought or imagined, but more than you could hope for. He he wants to resource you. Secondly, the good shepherd, he will rehabilitate his sheep. Are you injured today or hurt or wounded? Maybe not even physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Are there wounds that you just say, I don't think I can get over this. I need a doctor. I don't need someone to just pat me on the head and pray for me. I need someone to just be in there with me. The good shepherd wants to rehabilitate you. He wants to take you. He wants to bind up your wounds. He wants to leave you better than you even came in. Can you trust him? Can you trust him even when he says things like, you have to forgive those who hurt you. And you say, that's not the rehabilitation. That's not what I'm looking for. But if the shepherd says, what if? What if it's better? Can you trust him today? A lot of this goes back to trust. Third, the good shepherd, he will rule with justice when things are unfair, when we've been unfairly hurt or acted against. The good shepherd says that he will ultimately bring justice. It may not be in our timing. It may not be how we want, but he sees you and he will rule with justice. Maybe you've acted unjustly toward others. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to say, I'm going to repent because I know that the Lord, the good shepherd, he brings justice to all people. There's both sides to this. How do we walk with him? And how do we say, good shepherd, bring me justice and bring justice to those around me? He's good. He will do it fairly and with grace. And lastly, the good shepherd will rescue and resettle his sheep. I think for some of us today, we feel like maybe we're wandering. Or maybe you you came in today and you're, you're wondering, how did I get to the edge of the cliff right here? Like I was over here, I was good. And now all of a sudden I'm standing on the edge of a cliff being like, I'm about to fall in. And you look back and like a sheep, you're just like, meh, Jesus, how did I get here? You guys ever had that? I don't know how sheep talk to Jesus, but like, how did I, I thought I was here. And then I like you, and then I turned away and all of a sudden I'm here and I'm at the edge of a cliff. How did I even end up right here today? And the good shepherd says, I hear your, your bleating, whatever sheep do, I hear your cries. I hear you and I'm here for you. Not only do I want to rescue, you, I want to rehabilitate you and put you in a new place, a better place than you could even imagine. I'm just going to pull you off from the cliff. I'm going to pick you up. and I'm going to place you where you need to be. The good shepherd rescues, he resettles his sheep. And he's offering us all now this opportunity to say, okay, so do we trust the good shepherd? Would we want to continue to trust in our system? If I just change the game, if I just change the system, if I took care of myself differently, then the world will work out for me. But I think this, the secret or not-so-secret secret is it's never going to work out for you on your own. We all need a good shepherd. Because as much as we don't like it, we are sheep. But ultimately, man, there's something about saying, if I could just trust. If I could just take that in and say, you know what? I don't have to just always defend myself. I actually have someone who defends me. I have someone who takes care of me. I have someone who's going to provide for me and resource me. If we have that kind of shepherd, why wouldn't we want to lean in and say, okay, good shepherd, I want to trust you. But again, fool me once, shame on you, but fool me again, and that's on me. But if we change the object of our trust from ourselves or other people even to God, to the good shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the invitation is so much more to know that he can take care of us. And while it's possible to be hurt by others or to have people fail you, one of the beautiful mysteries that God has given us is he's still given us each other. He's still given us more sheep. It's not like, all right, well, I'm burned and I'm no longer. He says, no, you have to trust each other. You still have to get together. You still have to to engage and, and figure out what is this life together. And when you do, something amazing can happen. The world around will begin to take notice. As we talked about last week, we are the light. We've been given Christ's light so that we can then go out and be the light. It's the same thing. We have been given a good shepherd so that we can invite others into the sheepfold. Say, guys, this is the best place to be. It is the safest place to be. And that's the beauty of this opportunity for Christmas that we have as we celebrate Christmas with friends to invite people to come and be a part of what we get to experience every single week here. And I love as Kevin said it, he said, hey, twice a year, people are more likely than ever to come to church if you invite them. So if you need a good shepherd, which I know you do, just imagine the people out there who are struggling in your life, who need the hope of Christ. And you have an opportunity. Invite them back next week. We've got like five services to invite them to. Invite them to one and come so they can experience this good shepherd that we have experienced here at Friends. It's a perfect opportunity because we believe that the good shepherd has given us, rescued, he's rehabilitated, he's redeemed us, And I want others to experience that, don't you? Let's pray. Jesus, our good shepherd, we thank you that you see us. We thank you that you know us individually. You know what we need, you know our hearts. You know some of us need intense rescuing right now. Some of us just need intense rehabilitation. Some of us just need a good hug. Some of us need your resources more than ever but we all need a good shepherd. And so Jesus, would you come today and be that shepherd for us? As we think about what our lives could look like without you, would we realize that they are nothing, nothing compared to what our lives are with you? Because it might be different than what we thought, but life with you is more than we could ever hope for. We pray that you would make that real in our lives today. Amen.